0: love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. All right, and welcome in everybody to another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. This Wednesday, August the 3rd, as it is each and every week. I had a wonderful long weekend in San Francisco. Thank you for asking. It was my first time to SF, as the locals call it, since I was about 14 years old when I went with my parents. Suffice to say, I had a bit of a different experience this time. And I will just leave it at that. Uh, Yes, we're back here. Sports Media Mayhem podcast. Uh, Have a good show lined up for you all this week. Coming up in a few moments. I will welcome on an old friend of mine, Ben Volan, Patriots writer, national NFL writer for the Boston Globe. Ben was way out in front of this incredible Tom Brady and Dolphins tampering story. So I want to talk to Ben about how the reporting process works on a story like this. He published a big feature story in the Globe about Brady and the Dolphins in April. It had, I think, an incredible headline, a secret plan, a bombshell lawsuit, and a soccer match inside Tom Brady's unretirement. Dun, dun, dun. I can sense the drama from that, can't you? So I ask Ben, how long does it take between you getting a whiff of the story and it actually winding up in the pages of the Boston Globe? We talk about some other aspects of the Brady Dolphin story as well, and also get into the Deshaun Watson suspension and what this means for the NFL as a whole. And I'm always interested to talk about this from a media perspective, and I'm going to do it Right now, I like it so much before we welcome Ben on. Um, So I'm sure you know this week, Judge Sue Robinson uh, was determining Deshaun Watson's punishment. The NFL recommended a full season suspension. She ruled on Monday that Watson will only be suspended six games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. Her reasoning was kind of confusing. She said that Watson's behavior was predatory and egregious but she rejected the league's request for the full season suspension because she also said that his behavior was nonviolent, which seems very contradictory to me. I'm not quite sure how you can have predatory and egregious behavior and also have that be nonviolent. That seems very odd. Uh, But Judge Robinson has ruled six games, and now the proverbial football is back on the NFL side of the field. Now the league will decide whether to accept or reject Robinson suspension. I'll have more on that in a moment. But as we've talked about before on the show, I think most specifically when we went over the Washington Post's feature story on Adam Schefter and the high-profile screw-ups he's had over the last year from misreporting on a domestic violence case involving Vikings running back Dalvin Cook to the uh, really uh, insensitive way he reported Dwayne Haskins' death Uh, bringing up his unsuccessful career as an NFL quarterback, Uh, a number of high-profile blunders for Schefter over the last year or so that makes you wonder or makes you say, "Mm, maybe a guy like Schefter, who's always on and is always tweeting breaking news, always getting out of press releases, maybe he should just stick to the X's and O's and leave these serious off-field issues where serious violent crimes are being committed or there's death involved, like in Dwayne Haskins' case, uh, maybe it's better for Schefter to take a step back and leave these stories to those with a bit more of a wide angled perspective and those who can take the time to have a bit more of a wide angled perspective. I would say the same thing applies to any sports writer who writes about these issues purely in a sports context. And uh, that's what we had this week with a columnist by the name of Marla Rittenauer of the Akron Beacon Journal. Uh, she wrote, I think. It's a column that almost reads as a parody. If you want an example of somebody just putting on the sports blinders and ignoring all other serious real-world issues, uh, this column in the Akron Beacon Journal by Marla Ridenhour certainly uh, fits that criteria. Here's the headline, and it frankly tells you all you need to know. With Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension, Cleveland Browns record first victory of 2022. Hmm, that's right. Deshaun Watson getting suspended six games after being accused by 24 different women of sexual misconduct. 24 poor women who are just trying to give him massages. In the heart of COVID, by the way, when their businesses are probably closed down, doing everything they can to try to survive, Make make an extra buck during those horrible, scary, dangerous times. And... (laughs) and Mara Rittenhauer looks at it and says, forget all of them, Deshaun Watson's only out for six games, only a third of the season, that is a win. That is a win for the Cleveland Browns. What a way to kick off 2022. And this is her lead. It's almost as good as the headline. Personal feelings and long buried trauma aside, the Browns quest for a championship remains alive. So forget your feelings." Forget the trauma that you may have if you're a Browns fan who's been a survivor of domestic violence or sexual violence. Forget that. The Browns quest for a title remains alive. This pathetic franchise may finally make a Super Bowl run on the shoulders of a quarterback who's been accused of being a serial sexual assaulter uh, of women massage therapists who come in just trying to make an extra buck. Oh, great. I feel so good about that, don't you? And Hour continues. Uh, the, these, these, these sentences are just so great. Uh, whether Robinson's ruling was too lenient after two Texas grand juries failed to indict Watson on criminal charges is a separate debate. And when you're writing, every single word is subjective. So when you're writing this sentence, whether Robinson's ruling was too lenient after two Texas grand juries failed to indict Watson on criminal charges is a separate debate. You're not just saying that's a separate debate. You're saying, uh, yeah, no criminal charges here. In my mind, debate settled. Never mind that standards for a criminal indictment, much different than the standards the NFL is using to justify its suspension of Watson and its disciplinary policy. Never mind all that. Cleared by two grand juries, up, nothing to see here. Because as we know, uh, everybody who's ever committed sexual assault. Has been indicted on criminal charges, right? They never miss it. If you're not indicted, it means you're innocent. We all know that. Please. I guess all these 24 women just lying. They must have loved they must have wanted the publicity. Uh, And then she runs into the schedule. And it's important that, by the way, this is a woman, Marla Rittenauer. So it shows that these kinds of views are not just exclusive to men. Uh, Women can have really bad opinions about sexual misconduct and these issues as well. Uh, She runs through the Brown schedule. She says that Watson will play against the Ravens and Bengals and Bills and Steelers. Oh my. Uh, And she just, and and he'll basically be on the field for every big game they have, except the one against the Chargers in early October. So Mara Redenauer says it's a big win for Cleveland. I understand wanting to be a little different. And frankly, if you were to write a column in the Akron beacon journal or any publication about how Watson's six game suspension is not nearly enough, Uh, You know, you're going to be far from the only voice saying that. So in one way, I do credit this columnist for trying to think a little outside the box and trying to give a bit of a different perspective on it, because let's be real, hammering Roger Goodell and hammering the NFL for whitewashing sexual violence uh, is not really the most brave or original take at this point. It's an important take to have, but if you want to make an impact as a columnist, you want to try to find the angle that people are not talking as much about. Uh, well, Amara Rittenauer certainly did that here, talking about how this is a the a win, the first win for the Browns in their Super Bowl quest in 2022. Uh, it just, hmm, not the angle I would have chosen. And Mara Rittenauer seems to have the, a weird fetish for cleaning up Deshaun Watson's image because... This is another column she wrote over the last couple weeks. Cloud over Browns' Deshaun Watson, not visible as quarterback makes memories for young fans. Of course, when Watson showed up to Browns' training camp, he was given an ovation by the Browns fans in attendance, and the young kids apparently had a good time as well. I mean, again, Deshaun Watson gets a standing O from Browns fans at training camp, and you as a columnist you're writing about, How the clouds over him. Yeah, just clouds. Yeah, these 24 women accusing Watson of forcing them to touch him inappropriately. Yeah, they're just clouds. And they're not even visible because we're at training camp. And Deshaun Watson is making all these memories for the young fans come true. So I don't mean to rip on Mara Ridenour of the Akron Beacon Journal. She's a local columnist. I'm sure she's working hard, trying to make an impact. But if you wanna teach a course on the way for sports writers to not write about these kinds of issues, I would just point out these you, Deshaun Watson comes and rest my case. Um, so the other part of this Watson equation is the question I raised at the top of the show. What kind of impact, if any, will this have on the NFL? And we've seen this happen time and time again. There's severe underpunishment when it comes to sexual misconduct. There's all this fleeting outrage, tweets, columns, you know, now videos, takes, what have you. Everyone rips on the NFL for not caring about women, not caring about promoting the image of the league. And then it moves, and then everyone moves on. And when Deshaun Watson returns in week seven, he'll get a pop from the home crowd, and that will be it. It will seldom be mentioned again. If the Browns do wind up in the playoffs, then maybe you'll have a passing mention of these so called clouds that were hovering over Watson. And I'm sure you'll have some buffoon car analyst try to frame it as a redemption story, and they'll get crushed. But other than that, it it won't really be brought up and history shows us it won't have any impact on NFL ticket sales, on NFL interest, on NFL TV ratings. All you need to know about that is at the height of the whole Ray, Ray Rice saga in 2014, female viewership increased for the NFL. So that tells you all you need to know right there. About the mentality we have, and really the separation that we're able to do in our minds between player commits violent act off the field, we cheer for player because he's good on the field. We watch player because he's good and entertaining on the field, and Deshaun Watson certainly is. He's it's a, there's a reason why he got over two hundred million guaranteed, and there's a reason why the Browns uh, felt comfortable doing that because Jimmy Haslam, who's a horrible owner and has been the steward of this horrible franchise, firing head coaches, moving on from quarterbacks. It's a complete embarrassment. He looked at it and said, yeah, I'm going to get the cold shoulder from my fellow owners at these owners meetings. And I'm going to get slammed in the press and Watson will miss some time, but when he comes back, it will all be in the past. We can put it behind us and we'll make our Super Bowl run. Not just for one year, but for many years, potentially. And the revenue will generate from that and the cachet our franchise will receive from that will be worth the temporary hit we are taking now. That's seemingly Haslam's logic. It's cynical logic, but I think it's unfortunately the correct logic to have here. The question is, does the NFL also view it that way? I think they may be a little more nuanced. Roger Goodell has shown he does care deeply about the public perception All you need to do is go back to the kneeling controversy a few years ago with Trump and how the NFL bent over backwards to try to acquiesce both parties, the White House and the players who wanted to protest during the national anthem. And you know that old adage, those who try to please all wind up pleasing no one at all. And that's true. But the NFL tried to do it years ago with the kneeling because they do care about public perception. And with that in mind, uh, Roger Goodell already went through the Rice catastrophe Uh, Greg Hardy. There have been, unfortunately, a few others. He does not want to go down as the commissioner who whitewashed sexual violence and sexual misconduct. So I would expect the NFL to reject Robinson's ruling and go for a heavier ruling on Watson. Maybe it won't be a full season, but I think it will be at least double digit games. And then we can have a bit of a different conversation.